0: God bless you If you have your Bible's turn to John uh, chapter two. To God be the glory. And we're glad you're here today on this rainy Sunday morning. Be a good time for a nap. <laughs> Not right now. Be a good time for a nap after lunch today. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that we can spend a few minutes out, and we can focus and set our attention on him. Let me encourage you to, to um, avoid distractions, focus in, tune in, lean in. God wants to speak to us today, and the enemy would love to distract us. The enemy would love to steal the words that come forth, and so uh, let me encourage you just to lean in, get your Bibles out, you have your notes this morning, you can follow along. And uh, as you know, we're in a year-long series on, on the hymns of the church, and uh, the hymn that we're focusing on today is part two, and it's written by Fanny Crosby, A Woman Who Was Blind and she wrote over 9000 hymns now think about that for a few moments no computers no laptops no iPhones and a woman who was blind wrote 9000 hymns when i hear that when that when i discovered that and researched that and found that out. I mean, my my first response was, Scott George, what is your excuse? 9,000 hymns. So say she started at 20 and she died at 80. Over 60 years, you multiply that, she is cranking out some hymns. And what a testimony when she wrote this beautiful hymn to God Be the Glory, a great song. We sang that last week, and, and, and the song that Heather sang this morning was written by Andre, Andre Crouch, a contemporary that kind of took a couple of phrases and, and, and wrote it. And that's a beautiful song as well. To God Be the Glory. In John chapter 2, last week, we looked at the story of, of, of Jesus and his first miracle. It was a controversial miracle, but as we discover, there's reasons behind why Jesus chose to pick a wedding for his first miracle. He didn't didn't pick to heal a blind person. He didn't pick to heal somebody who was crippled. He didn't choose to feed 5,000 people. On his first miracle, Jesus chose to turn water into wine. That would be a good time to say amen. What a crazy idea. Why in the world would they choose, of all miracles, to to be at a wedding and to create from water wine? And not just a bottle or two, hundreds of gallons instantly of water was transformed into wine. Why do you think Jesus chose that miracle on that day? There's a reason. And we're going to look at at that today. At the end of that story in John chapter 2, it says this. And Jesus did this to reveal his glory and his disciples believed in him. How many know that if you saw someone turn 400 gallons of water into wine, you would believe in them, wouldn't you? So this beautiful miracle in in, in John chapter 2 is symbolic of the miracle that God the Father created in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning God created. Can I remind you this morning that the first description of our heavenly Father is not that he's a father of love, and he is. It's not a description of His grace, and He's gracious. It's not a description of His mercy, and He's merciful. The first description of our Heavenly Father is that He is a God who creates. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want you to notice that He spoke those words, and the heavens and the earth were created. And He did in, in how many days? Six days. In John chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus was asked to to, 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 uh, get some wine and make some wine, and he spoke into existence, and he used six jars, symbolic of the six days in Genesis chapter 1. And so the miracle in John chapter 2, where Jesus revealed his glory, is an imitation of what took place in Genesis chapter 1. He was trying to be like his dad, and he followed in his dad's footsteps. And he took simple water and he turned it into wine. And the point is that through this miracle, Jesus revealed his glory. And when he gets glory, people believe. Now, what's the bottom line? The bottom line is this, church. You and I are created in the image of God. The DNA in God the Father, was in Jesus. And the DNA that is in Jesus is in you. You and I have been created to create. We have been created to shine. We have been created to live our lives in such a way that God gets the glory. And when God gets the glory, men and women believe. I think it's interesting that in John chapter 2, the place, the location, the city that Jesus chose to do this miracle was the city of Cana, which means to create. And so last week we looked at, and I challenged all of you, and I have heard a, a, a lot of people emailing me, calling me, leaving messages, and I challenged you that to, 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 for you to this week begin to think of how can I create for your glory, God? What can I do, God, to create so that your glory may be revealed so that men may believe? And I've got some great responses. i got people who say they're going to start painting. i got people who said they're going to start writing books. I've heard from people that they're going to start writing songs. Why? Because you and I were created in the image of our Heavenly Father and in the image of Jesus to create. And when you create... And you live a life that honors God, and he gets glory, men believe. And so last week, I, I, I gave you several points, and so we're going we're to uh, review and move into some new truth, but uh, I started out last week, and you have your notes. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. amen. And uh, the message is this, when you, God gets glory when you, and here's point number one, when you create in his image, God gets glory when you and I create for his glory. God's gifted you. He's placed talents within you. He's given you skills and abilities, and he doesn't want you to sit on them. He doesn't want you to hide them under a bushel. He wants you to release them to the world so that God gets glory and men believe. Can I get an amen? So God gets the glory when you and I create In his image, there is something in you that needs to be released to the world. There's something in you that needs to be released to your neighbors. There's something that's in you that needs to be released to your family. And you and I have got to step out in faith and say, God, I know that you are a God who creates, and so God, help me to release the gifts and the talents and the abilities that are in me so that you receive glory and people will believe. Now the enemy would love to lie to you, the enemy would love to deceive you, the enemy would love to tell you you're too old, you're not good enough, you don't have the goods. That's been you're 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 past your prime. But God would say to you today that there's there's something beautiful in you, and when you create, God gets the glory, and men and women believe. Go to Genesis chapter one just for a moment. Let me let me show this to you because I really do believe. This message and I believe that God wants to receive glory. How many know that the enemy recently is getting a lot of glory? A lot of division. A lot of hate. A lot of bitterness. A lot of noise. A lot of tweets. A lot of posts. And the enemy seems to be getting a lot of glory these days. That's why I encourage you today, church, to, to, to follow in the DNA of your father, to create, to build, to increase so that God gets the glory and men and women believe. Now, David, I'm going to use you. I know you're posting on, on Facebook, but uh, you can come out here and, and, and uh, you can keep your mask on so we can socially distance. How's that? All right, go to Genesis. That was a joke. Genesis uh, chapter 1, let me, let me show this to you real quick. Genesis chapter 1 and verse, and verse 28. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. Actually, go to verse, uh, go to verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, both male and female, And he created them. Then verse 28. And God blessed them. Everyone say blessed. Blessed. Aren't you glad that the first words spoken to mankind was a word of blessing? Man, Adam and Eve didn't have to do a thing to receive the blessing of God. It's in God's nature. Watch this, church. It's in God's nature to bless and to speak blessing over you. That's his character. That's his DNA. He's speaking words because he realizes the power of words. He, didn't, he doesn't text them. He doesn't email them. He doesn't tweet them. He speaks those words over Adam and Eve. And can you know that Adam and Eve, as soon as they received that blessing, they had a power that was spoken over them. There was a release of power when God spoke those words over Adam and Eve. He didn't say, you're not good enough. He didn't say, you need to work harder. He didn't say, you need to do a better job. The first words that man heard from his heavenly father is, I bless you. You don't have to do a thing, David. You don't have to do a thing, Adam. You don't have to do a thing, Eve. I believe in you, and I bless you. Now, that would be really good if we stopped there. Because that's good. But then God says, now that I bless you, I'm going to give you another mandate. I'm going to give you another opportunity. I'm going to speak destiny over you. But destiny always starts with a blessing. And when you know that you are blessed, then you can follow the mandate that is given to you. If you wonder, does God love me? Does God care about me? Does God have a plan for me? Do I have a purpose or a destiny? You'll never create in his image. But if you realize that you are blessed, that gives you the power then to follow that up and to do something with it. Are you all with me this morning? So it starts with blessing. And once God blessed Adam and Eve, look what he said to Adam and Eve. And he's saying it to you and I today. And God blessed them. And said to them, Be fruitful, increase, fill the earth, subdue, and rule over the earth. And when Adam and Eve received that blessing, they were then empowered. Watch this to increase. They were empowered to 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 fill the earth. They were empowered to subdue. They were empowered to rule. They were empowered to create. They were empowered to do what God had called them to do. But it always starts with a blessing. And if you and I will tap into the voice that God says over us, that he believes in you, he's called you, he's gifted you, he's placed within you talents, he wants you to increase, he wants you to fill, he wants you to subdue, he wants you to rule the earth, and you can do that because you're blessed. Are you all with me today? And when Adam and Eve received those words, they were empowered to do great things. Now if God says that over Adam and Eve, And he never changes. The same voice of blessing is speaking over you today. Church, I bless you. Songwriters, I bless you. Writers, I bless you. Grandparents, I bless you. Businessmen, I bless you. Increase. Don't just settle. Fill the earth. Don't just pull back. Rule. Subdue. And reign in this life. Don't just... Settle in and pull back and and kind of coast. You've been blessed to create so that God gets the glory and men believe. Thank you, David. I hope you get this today. It's a mandate from God the Father, and the mandate never changes. God's counting on you to let your light shine. He's counting on you to do something different. He's counting on you to do what some people are unwilling to do because most people operate in fear and they're afraid and they're discouraged and they get beat up and they get defeated. But You and I need to hear the voice of God the Father over us today. I bless you. I don't like what you do all the times, but I bless you. I want you to increase. Some of y'all are smiling behind those masks. I saw that. I saw your eyes light up when I said that. I want you to fill the earth. I want you to create. I want you to release the gifts of God in you so that I can get glory. And men believe. And when you have that attitude, it empowers you to become all that God wants you to be. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, when you, when God gets the glory, you'll see it in your notes. We talked about this last week. God allows and he turns our emptiness into blessings. He turns our emptiness into blessings. Jesus had the ability, watch this, of seeing six empty jars, but he saw beyond those jars and he saw opportunity. He saw those empty jars as an opportunity for his Father to receive glory, and Jesus has a way of taking our emptiness and turning it into blessings. Can I get an amen? So number two, n- number one, God gets the glory when, when we create in His image. Number two, God gets the glory when we allow uh, God to turn our emptiness into blessing. Number three, I like this one: God gets the glory when we focus on internal character, not external performance. Internal character, not external performance. Those six jars in John chapter two were ceremonial bathhouses, that before men and women would go into worship, they would cleanse themselves with that water. They were more concerned about cleaning the outside than they were on the inside. God gets glory when you focus on the inside and not the outside. God's not interested in you cleaning up on the outside and having a heart full of bitterness. What good does it do for you to shower and shave and clean up, and thank God we all do, But what good is it do to do that, and yet you still have a a heart full of lust and a heart full of bitterness and anger? God gets glory when you focus on the internal character and not external performance. And that's the miracle of John chapter 2. God wants to change our hearts. Aren't you glad today that you are not the same person that you were a year ago? Aren't you glad today that you are crying out like David? God, create in me a clean heart. God, I'm not interested in the the ceremonial washings. God, I want you to create in me a clean heart so that, God, that that, that you will get the glory and men will believe. Change my heart, oh God. Make me the man. Make me the woman. Make me the teenager that you want me to be. God, focus on our heart. And when you and I focus on our heart, God gets glory and men believe. Number four, here's some new truth. Are you with me? Let me hear an amen. God gets the glory. Number two, when you by faith believe that the best is yet to come. God gets glory when you believe by faith that the best is yet to come. Well, where do I get that from? Well, in John chapter 2, the miracle, the crazy part of this story was this, that, that, that they served the best wine till the very end. Most people serve the good wine at the beginning and then people get too much to drink and they don't recognize how good the wine is at the end of the evening. Jesus did something in a weird way. And don't you know that God is always a way of doing things a little backwards, a little upside down. The miracle in this story is that Jesus pulled out the good wine until the very end. And that is a message That the best is yet to come. God in these last days is going to pull out the very best, and the best is yet to come. And God wants to use you, and he wants to use me, so that God gets the glory, and people believe. How many believe the best is yet to come? Now, I say that by faith, because can I tell you, especially this week, this week especially has been just dark. It's been dark. I've never sensed, I'm only 50, 58, I've never sensed such division. I've never sensed such animosity. I've never sensed so much hatred back and forth. And at times, it's embarrassing to see what's taking place in our country. It's embarrassing. I gotta tell you, after the debates on Tuesday night, I went to bed, I was embarrassed. But as bad as things are in our nation, as much division that there is in our country, I have to believe that God is working in an upside-down kingdom, and God will always pull out the best wine at the very end. Now, how's God going to do that? He's going to use you. I'm not counting on Fox News to solve this, or CNN to solve this, or Chris Wallace. They're not going to solve our issue as a nation. You know who I believe is going to solve our issue as a nation? You and me. With God's help and God's strength and God's wisdom, He wants to use you and He's going to pull out the best wine at the very end. The best is yet to come. Don't give up, don't quit. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. Things are going to turn around when you and I turn around. When you and I release our gifts and our talents and our voice and our ability, when we begin to increase and fill the earth and subdue and reign and live a life of blessing, that's how things get turned around. And God's gonna surprise everybody, and He's gonna pull out the very best wine at the very end of the party, and He's gonna use you to do it. Many of you don't know this, but Raleigh and Aaron are here, and, and, and they've already been married once, but they're gonna get married again this weekend. And we're gonna have a really good celebration. I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope that halfway during that celebration, we don't run out of wine why because god is a god that always pulls out the very best at the darkest moments and he wants to use you to do that god gets the glory when you and i believe that the best is yet to come number five very quickly god gets the glory when we create in his image Number two, God gets the glory when we allow him to turn our emptiness into blessing. Number three, God gets the glory when we focus on our internal character, not external performance. Number four, God gets the glory when we by faith believe the yet best is yet to come. Number five, I love this one. God gets the glory when we ask God to miraculously change our lives and our circumstances. Now watch this. What do I mean by that? There was a problem at the wedding, and the problem was they ran out of wine. And as Jesus' mother and moms have a great way of doing this, she saw this whole scenario playing out. How many of the moms have a way of, 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 of having that ability to see troubles coming? She saw the waiters, and they were down to their very last few ounces of wine. The food was still hot. The food was still delicious. But she saw that there was no wine left. And watch this. She simply turned to Jesus and asked him, will you please solve this problem? At first Jesus says, woman, this is is not my time. Don't don't engage me in this. This is not my moment. But Jesus' mother simply asked Jesus, to come on the scene, and Jesus stepped up and created a miracle. Watch this. Here's the point. Here's what I want you to get. If you're faced with a problem, if you're faced with a tough time, if you find yourself in a tough circumstance, here's the leadership principle that I want you to see. All you have to do is ask God. Now, that seems so simple. But you know what we do? We complain. We look for people to to, to throw under the bus. We look for excuses. And what I love about Jesus' mother is she simply asked Jesus to step up and come on the scene. And what did Jesus do? He did what she asked. Now, I'm telling you, there are people here today, you are faced with a complicated problem you're faced with a situation that you've been dealing with for years and years and years and it seems like every day it gets worse and more drama how many know what I'm talking about and the more you think about it the bigger it gets here's the solution that we can draw from John chapter 2 here's how God's going to get glory watch this all you've got to do is ask he's right there He's waiting to respond to you, and all you have to do is be like Jesus' mother and say, Jesus, will you please stand up and help me? It's simple. Just ask. Now watch this. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't have to bargain. You don't have to coerce. You don't have to put in 10, 15, 20, 30 hours of prayer. The God we serve is a God who says, if you'll simply ask me, I'll respond. Now listen, there are times in your Christian life where you're going to have to wrestle with God. How many has ever wrestled with God? There are times when you're going to have to plead. Pleading is biblical. Pleading sometimes is necessary, but wrestling And pleading are the exceptions to the rule. God simply wants you to ask him. And if you'll ask, he'll step up and he'll turn the water into wine. He's asking for you to simply ask him. How many know that he's a heavenly father? And he loves us. And he cares. And he knows what's going on. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get his attention you don't have to fast for a year and a half to get God's attention he's at the party he sees the problem all he wants you to do is ask simply ask in faith how many how many dads are here if you have daughters you know how powerful an ask can be. Poor Aaron and Austin. They would have to beg, plead, wrestle, bargain, coerce to get me to give them $10 for gas. But my two daughters, when they came up and asked for $10 of gas, they simply asked, and as a heavenly father, I was able to respond and help them. Now, if that's how, poor Aaron. Everyone just pray for Aaron. (laughs) I don't know what it is about guys. They would come and need help. I said, oh, no, you'll figure it out. You're good. Allison and a man will come up, and I just open up, and I just, whatever I have, I give it to them. Why? Because that's just the way dads are with daughters. And if I'm that way with my daughters, and you're that way with your daughters, how much more is our Heavenly Father open towards us when we simply ask for help? God, come on the scene. God, step up. Jesus, the wine's getting low. Jesus, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. There's going to be a lot of mad people. We need you to step up. And when you simply ask, God will simply respond. Now, if you're here today and you're faced with a complex situation, in fact, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Scott, I'm faced with something that is way beyond me, it's super complicated. It's getting worse by the minute, but I want to ask God to come into my situation and help me right now. I want you to lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. How many people are there? Bruce, if you go to the keyboard, several in the back in the balcony, thank you, on the lower level. In the back, I see you. See, religion has a way of taking something that's real simple and making it complicated. Jesus has a way of taking something real complicated And making it simple. And here's all you gotta do. I want you to crawl up like Amanda and Allison did on my lap when they needed something, and they just they just get real close, they nuzzle up and say, Dad, would you please help me? That's what I want you to do. You don't have to beg, don't have to plead, don't have to coerce, you don't have to try to manipulate, just simply If you're in that situation, you raise your hands, I want you guys to stand up right where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Stand up in the balcony. Pastor Scott, pray for me. I've got a situation I'm so glad I obeyed today. I'm so glad I obeyed. Simply ask. God, I need your help. God, I need your wisdom. God, I need your patience. I need you to step up. The wine's getting low, and I need somebody, and I don't know who else to count on. I need somebody to step up and solve this. I'm asking you to do that, and God can do it. And if he can turn six empty jars and turn it into 400 gallons of wine in an instant, he can step up on your behalf if you'll simply ask today. Simply ask. Let's pray today. Father, Lord, I thank you that you are aware and you're in tune and you're ready to respond and when we as your children favored in your sight blessed have a need god help us to wrap our minds around the simple fact that all we have to do is ask you god come on the scene jesus step up and do something and lord you're able to respond immediately lord i pray that faith will come alive today in the hearts of your people And that, God, that they will have the faith to believe that you're in charge and you're going to turn this empty situation into a moment where you're going to receive all the glory and men and women are going to believe. I speak peace to situations. I speak financial blessings over your people. I speak health over those people that are faced with medical issues, with relationships issues. Lord, we speak blessing and peace in Jesus' wonderful name, and we ask you to help us to believe. Help us to believe.
1: Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. I believe. Sing it to him, church. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Come on, church, let's sing it again. And Lord, I believe Lord I believe all things are possible Lord I believe Lord I believe Lord, I believe. Lord
0: believe, Lord. I'm looking at six empty jars that are filled with water. Is it possible for you to speak? And in an instant, those jars are transformed into beautiful wine, new wine, for his glory. I believe God is able to do that for that beautiful wedding in Cana, that God has the ability and the power, and he's able to speak life, and health, and wellness, and blessing over your situation today. You know what all we have to do is believe. Believe. It'll do it. I'm glad I obeyed. You may be seated. You know, there's always that little voice that says, "Oh, don't, 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 don't go there, Pastor Scott. Just, you're crossing over the line. You're getting a little spooky. You're asking people to stand up, and, and right in the middle of your sermon, you're asking people to respond." I'm so glad. You know what? When I turn 50, it, there's something healthy about turning 50. Your I don't care meter. Don't care. And now that I'm 58, on my way to 60, I really don't care. (laughs) I love you, but I love when the Holy Spirit prompts us. And I guarantee you, those people that stood today, I guarantee you, they are glad that I don't care. Because the Holy Spirit wants to, He wants to move. And I know I would love to lay hands on each and every one of you, have you come down here and cry on my neck. I'd love to do it. We just can't do it right now. We will. We'll get there. All we have to do is just believe. Just believe. My last point, and I'm going to go. We've we got five minutes. God gets the glory when you and I shine brightly. I want you to notice in that scripture that Pastor Sandra talked about in Matthew chapter 5. It says, when men see your good works, can I tell you something? Men and women are going to see, they're going to see something. They're either going to see you pull back, withdraw, coast, glide, or they're going to see your good works. And when they see your good works, watch this, the goal is that they're going to glorify God because God gets the glory. Everyone take out your little glow stick right here. I've got got a jumbo glow stick. you got it on your wrist. Guess what? This week, just shine. Walk into a dark situation and be full of faith. Walk into a situation that's hopeless and be full of God's strength and courage and power. It's all God wants you to do. And when you and I shine brightly, the Bible says that men will see our good works and they'll glorify God, our heavenly Father. It's time to shine. We're not going to put it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. And that's a mandate that God has given all of us, to shine brightly. I'm reminded of Esther in the Old Testament. You talk about a dark moment. Haman was an evil influencer. Watch this. And the entire Jewish population was at risk. And Mordecai came to Esther. Oh, and by the way, Esther's name means shining star. Hmm. Mordecai said to Esther, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you. You can sit on your royal throne and you can coast and you can just get by. You don't have to. But if you choose not to, God is going to pick somebody else. But you have this opportunity, Esther. And now's the moment for you to shine. Why? Because God wants to get glory. Esther, if you'll simply, and here's Esther. She's sitting in her royal throne, place of position, place of power, place of influence. God brought her there miraculously. She was an orphan. She was an outcast. She was a foreigner. And through God's sovereignty brought her to a place of royal position. And you know what happens many times? When we all get in this place of position, we get lazy, and we coast, and we settle in. How many know that her cushion and her throne was real soft and comfortable and cozy, and it could be real easy for her just to settle in? I paid my dues. Took me a long time to get here. I'm just going to enjoy it for a few years. No. Mordecai said, Esther... Today is the day to shine. And if you don't step up, God will choose somebody else. But I believe that God has put you in this place for such a time as this. And you know what Esther did? The Bible doesn't say this, but you know what Esther did? She took her glow stick out she says, I'm going to shine. I'm not content to sit here. I want God to get glory. And Esther, the shining star, stepped up And God got all the glory, and an entire Jewish population was saved because of one person. How are we going to make a difference in Orange County? How are we going to make a difference in our nation? We're going to make a difference by all of us choosing today to live in the legacy of Esther and Jesus and God our Father and shine brightly. I'm glad Esther did. And I'm glad that you are too this week. It's a dark world. Less is more. You don't have to talk a whole lot to shine brightly. In fact, sometimes it's better not to say anything. Just be, be be few in your words and overflow with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and shine brightly over you today. Would you stand up across the auditorium? It is 1145. You guys have got football to watch. we got to... in the balcony on the lower level, I want to bless you now to to shine. I want you to lift your hands to receive God's blessing over you today, to increase, to subdue, to rule, to reign, to shine brightly, to be a voice, and to make a difference in this world. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the power of the Holy Spirit in you come forth so that a dark world may hear and see the gifts and the talents and the abilities given to you by the Holy Spirit to make this world brighter. I declare over you to shine brightly in this dark world. In the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Go and sin no more. We'll see you.